If you support Russia, you're going to hell. Hello and welcome to episode number 78 of Unrelenting. It's like an old uh, shellac disc. Before they went to vinyl, they were 78s. I, I had some 78s. Yeah, I still do. I mean, I don't know if I have mm-hmm. anything I can play them on. They require special apparatus. You can't just throw them on the same turntable that 45s and 33s use. Some people don't know that. You can. Well, you can. It's not going to well, be a you, good experience. You used to be able to. They were universal. Yeah, well, there was a... Uh, on the very old console turntable that my parents still have, there is a little switch that will flip mm-hmm. from one stylus to the other. So, mm-hmm. because yeah, it, that's what I remember having the good old days. You you have a uh, you flip the stylus and it, it flip the speed lever from thirty eight uh, thirty three to forty five to seventy eight, and it was all magical. I Not really Darren O'Neill, and he has. I heard you with the other that show you did with Bemrose. You're like. I mean, I always thought it was Neftuliev, but you're just like, I'm Gene Neftuliev. It was like, you you did it in like one syllable. I don't understand. There's a lot of letters. And you did it in like one syllable. I mean, you should see my signature. <laughs> it's one letter. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's just the letter N with the squiggle. That's all you need. You learned from the That's baseball players. Need. Yes. I was meant to be a doctor, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you do self-medicate a lot. <laughs> I do. I do indeed. You're like, what else could I take? Oh, yeah. What could I do? Will this work? There we go. Not People work? playing bingo. You can check off the medical talk right, right on gonna, that bingo card. It's talk, right up front. They're going to uh-huh. talk about medical stuff. That's right. Hey, I was already on the bike. I liked that. I was sitting there and I finished with the bike and I was getting myself a little bit of water and the thing popped mm-hmm. up on my, uh, my, my Apple watch mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you've already met your move and exercise goals for the day. I'm like, so now I don't got to do nothing. Holy shit. How low are your goals? Like, well, it's I, they're still set at the basic, which is a half hour for each, and mm. I do an hour on the bike, so I I just blow right on. I do need to see my adjust. watch self adjusts those. So I remember when I went um, on vacation to Mexico, and I had a which reminds me, I got to call and book my next trip. Uh, and I had a um, fairly lengthy walk from my command uh, out to the uh, the area where they do food and it's so like I you were exercising walk. no I was exercising I mean it was uphill both ways but I had to walk like it was probably it's probably around a quarter mile it was damn on the other side of the uh, the resort so that's quite a ways and I, I did cheat a couple days well you had somebody carry Not you. really. Yeah, exactly. No, I got room <laughs> service, uh, but which is essentially the same thing. But uh, the rest of the time I walked and after a few days, my watch decided that my, uh, my minimum exercise requirements had gone up because clearly I was meeting them every single day. So it, it automatically starts to bump that up. That would make sense. It does. It does make sense. It's sort of like it adjusts to your new normal and then still keeps you wanting to go do more exercise. 
Well, that's the idea is to continue to increase. Although there has to be a, a point. Otherwise, it'd be like you should be exercising 24 hours a day. Why aren't you? <laughs> it's like, because I would die. Well, clearly, I've never met that point. So. Uh, in no danger of it either. No. Now, just been playing. People will be like, why is Gene starting to sound different? Been playing with a little EQ. I mm-hmm. think I cleared you up nicely now. Okay. Well, it only took a year. That's good. I see. I hate playing with the EQ beforehand. Uh-huh. I always just wait to the, the end result. But I thought I would try this now. Just mm-hmm. like this is the first time I've been using now the uh, Shure SM7B, Bandrew's favorite microphone. I don't like your low end on this mic, dude. It does sound different. The high end, I think, is better. That's, I think, because I've got the, the high end filter, not the high end filter, mm-hmm. the boost. I have the high yeah. end accentuation on, which I think is why I was trying to do the low end with yeah. the, uh, with this, with the, uh, with the big bottom, trying to give myself a little the, more uh, bottom. The RE20 has a better, better low end. I think it does. It's also a bigger microphone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the Shure gives you a little bit better clarity with a windscreen on it. But to be fair, when you talk right into this thing, you can still pop some peas if you talk right into it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why everybody that uses this on the YouTubes and mics themselves incorrectly drives me yeah. nuts. Well, Everybody uses this on the YouTubes because they saw somebody using it on the YouTubes yeah, Joe and Rogan, they want to look professional. Yeah, Joe 99.9% Rogan, of the people on YouTubes, including people that should know better, don't understand audio. This is true. They barely understand video. And that goes double for anyone that's ever had a, a professional job in broadcasting. Oh, my God. Do they not know audio? Well, because somebody else is doing it. Yeah, exactly. We, we figured that one out during COVID when all of the stars of the television went home and mm-hmm. were doing things from their house. And it was like, Hey everybody, how you doing today? Like, no, mm-hmm. you, you're not. No, it doesn't work yeah. that way. It's all right. So what's been going uh, on in Austin? Is it nice so and warm get, there? Yeah. Bingo guard. You can check off the talking about audio stuff. Yeah. We got audio. We got health. Uh, uh-huh. Do we, do we talk about Russian collusion? And what's that? Exactly. Yeah. Is it warm in Austin? It's getting warm here and people are like, oh my God. I try to not know. I get outside as little as I can. (laughs) (laughs) See how high the, you just go by how high the electric bill is when, uh, although for you, you keep keep it fairly balmy inside. uh, I, I, well, I don't know if balmy is the word. I keep it uh, comfortable for my reptiles. Which we figured was what, 76 or something? 77 ish. Which is what the government wants you to set it at. You are just such a sheeple. I really am. I know. It's just like I should get one of those hats. I'm just glad that I have the sense. that we put the new air conditioner in when we're having like three days in a row of 95 degree heat. And last night at like 11 o'clock, it was still 82 degrees. It's like, yeah, that would not be cooling down at night to that's uh, every single day in Texas. I know. It, but that's one thing is. um and it's a little better in Austin than it was in Dallas, but Dallas was a shock for me when I moved there because starting with the late spring and all the way through the end of fall, it doesn't cool down at night. You're like, so what is this? It, it might be like 96, 98, a little over a hundred during the day. 
But then it's like 88 all night long. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to it cooling off at night. And it doesn't matter whether you lived in, you know, over by the water, like in California, or you lived over by the water in Minnesota, or over by the water in Chicago, wherever. Like at night, you get a nice cool breeze. Right. You get some uh, respite from the heat. Dallas does not have that. Now, Austin has just a little bit of that. It gets a little cooler. It's still too warm. It Like, I don't think it dips below 75 at night. So your your best cool temperature is basically room temperature. But uh, in Dallas, it was significantly above room temperature. And you'd still need to have the AC running on full blast all night long. It's the way I like it. I'm glad we have the new condenser put in outside because this would not be the time to be without the AC. No, that would be miserable unless you're a reptile. Yes. And then they're like, this is perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's why I laugh when the government says no, 78. Then at night, turned it up to 82. I'm like, I would not sleep if it was 82 degrees. You can't sleep at 82. No. I like it about 65 degrees to sleep. That's about perfect. that's too damn cold. man. No, I love the cold. Oh, my God. That's so cold. Yeah, I, come on. I drop it down to I've got, you know, one of those thermostat things that adjusts all throughout the day. Yeah, And you let the government adjust it when they need to. No, I turned that off. I did for a little while because they bribed me with the hundred dollar payment. And uh, then I realized they're insane because they kept it 83 degrees in the house. Oh, that's more than cool enough. Nothing to worry about. (laughs) That's that may be fine for the for the snakes, but it's not good for me. The snakes are working up and you're like, that don't feel so hot. What is your CO2 level, though? That's the real question on what's Uh, it's it's been hovering around 460. You got to do all these things. You want to live a thousand Mm -hmm. years. That's true. Yes. So no way in hell I'm going to make it that long. But, uh, you know, my plants like it. That's true. And I love this. I've got a recent carrot that I took out of the fridge and stuck into the, the indoor planter. That's now growing nicely. You decided to grow some carrots. Well, I, I tend to do that with a lot of food instead of throwing it away. Or eating uh, it. I, I theoretically, I actually, I've got potatoes and carrots now growing indoors. You are one of these prepper guys, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Like, I will be fine when they drop the nukes, except I don't have anything to protect me from the nuke. Oh, but wait, I have this poncho. There's more. Yes. (laughs) If I put the poncho on, I will be protected from radioactive waves in the air. That's true. And you will look really good when they find your dead corpse. (laughs) Of course, it it could just be vaporized. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think Austin's... uh target number one but it is probably up there in the top 10 yeah i don't think any anybody is safe unless you're out in the middle of nowhere well and the problem with being in the middle of nowhere like kansas state or something is that's where our nukes are so right. that's targeted <laughs> right. as well right you gotta have so, the uh you gotta buy a little room in norad down in the mountain and then you're uh-huh. okay in cheyenne yeah uh-huh. yeah i think um i was looking at this uh, i don't know I, I think South America is definitely the place to be. Why are all the people then coming here from those areas? And you're like, Let's well, because they don't realize how close we are to nuclear war. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have stayed down there. 
it is a very strange political climate that we are living in today. And I blame the internet because everybody sees all uh-huh. the stupid shit on the internet uh-huh. and everything gets amplified immediately. Well, that, and then our media is that I, I remember as a youngster, a wee lad reading about, uh, yellow journalism. Right. And thinking, huh, that is so ridiculous. How did people not see through that stuff? And, uh, how did companies make enough money to stay afloat being journalistic enterprises doing yellow journalism? Well, I got my answer, didn't I? Yeah. Now you learn propaganda pays. You're like, holy shit. They made more money back then, didn't they? Like there, there was so many more newspapers back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, um, because uh, it was the newspaper equivalent of the internet. Yeah, that would be true. Every time Dick and Harry all of a sudden could afford to write stuff, take it down to the press and then uh, have it published on pamphlets and start distributing them. And then next thing you know, they're selling ads for the local Ace hardware. Well, you had to have some kind of money to be able to spread what you wanted to spread. If you were some schmuck with no money, you weren't going to get a voice. At the very start, my point is you would get a voice because the technology had gotten so cheap. The printing press had become something that was so damn cheap that every little tiny podunk town now had a printing press shop. Well, that's true. They and needed so, to have their papers in the 1800s. To- and so anybody could, well, and that's the other thing is the, the paper industry, the lumber industry, I should say, started churning out paper, which became super cheap. Yeah, paper was a, a premium in the 1700s. That, it, like it was expensive to get paper. And printing presses, boy, you probably had just a handful per state. I'm exaggerating, guys. But by the late 1800s, every time Dick and Harry could afford to put together effectively what we would call now a newsletter, which yeah, became, pamphlets. yeah, or uh, which would become a newspaper. And there were always the newspapers that were a little bit off, uh, off center, as you said, maybe not outright mm-hmm. yellow like journalism. Today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now New with York Times, Washington Post, all those. But at that point, we still had some people who took the job of trying to gather and report news accurately mm-hmm. and honestly, seriously. And mm-hmm. we've lost that entirely. Almost. Yeah, entirely. I think so. I think we've lost it from newspapers for sure. I think it certainly is transitioning. I see guys like Tucker on uh, X.com and, uh, Good old that. And I wish I still had my X.com credit card. See, you'd have been uh, a trailblazer. Well, I, no, I had one back then. I was a trailblazer. Uh, I, I was one of the people that. Now you could probably card. sell that little piece of plastic right. for that's, thousands that's of dollars. That's what I was getting to. That's uh-huh. what I was getting to is I wish I still had it instead of throwing it away because I probably could sell it on eBay these, at this point. Like be in on the ground floor. Uh huh. I thought it was a great idea. This was been late 90s, I think is when uh x.com came out and it was the the pre paypal it was the um hey have a virtual bank not a physical bank and everything's cheaper 
and you can, you know, give other X members money and stuff. It was a great idea. They had a physical card. And then, uh, um, so that was before, I guess, Elon joined up with, um, God, what's the other guy's name? Uh, 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 uh Sergey or something. Was that? What no, 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 no. The, uh, the, the gay guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Good old gay guy. The gay guy, the gay conservative dude. I, I, or, well, more libertarian, but I forget his name. Anyway, so Elon had his whole idea with X.com and that guy owned PayPal. And then they joined forces, combined uh, the companies and became uh, the dominant method of paying for eBay products. And eventually for all kinds of other things. Yeah. And they were for years and years until eBay finally decided they wanted to make the money. Yeah. Yeah. And they tried and they couldn't. And eventually they just bought them. And well, now eBay is back, not using PayPal. So wait, what you didn't know? Well, I get paid now directly into my checking account. eBay changed the whole way they do payments. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They finally split away from the everything is PayPal and Mm -hmm. which I understand when it's a third party company, they're like, well, wait, wait, we could just take payments and then we'll pay you. And it's one of these things where if you want to pay a higher percentage or something, you can get paid instantly. Otherwise, eBay does a thing like, you know, they pay you weekly or something like that. And for a long time, they didn't even have the option if you wanted to keep that money in an eBay account, which a lot of people that sell crap on eBay want to buy crap on eBay. And I think eBay realized they were doing a disservice by converting that cash that people were making by selling things on eBay and sending it to their bank account when people would have been more than happy to go. No, I'll just let it sit, sit with you. uh, Does eBay not own PayPal anymore? Because they bought them in 2002. I think they it's gone again. I believe, I believe that Hmm. separated yet again. Really? Because it is not the number one way that eBay wants people to pay now. That is weird. Um, The whole payment of money going across the internet is a uh, very interesting thing to watch from the original concept of, hey, money should be free when we're right back to, well, you could be canceled for sending money to the wrong place or we will we don't like what you said on your facebook post so we're not going to let you have a paypal account yeah yeah that is a very strange kind of thing uh and there's a i think this is from an andrew tate video that i watched which i think he's quite right on talking about the the idea that uh, the difference between cash and and paypal and uh and it would include all the crypto shit as well um well it depends i guess it it depends on the cryptos to put an asterisk next to crypto but the basic idea is when you use cash the reason that cash was so powerful is because it doesn't require an intermediary it doesn't require a third party the third party is the guarantor of the cash which would historically be backed by gold and it was the government of the place that you're in whether it's a state government or a, or a federal government or you know whatever country um somebody is backing up that cash with 
gold enough that they don't need to be part of the transaction. And you're able to have direct transactions with somebody else, which means if 10 people do business with each other. So let's say, you know, a, a guy that, uh, uh, that sells manure gets paid by the farmer who then sells the, the plants, the carrots that he grows to the, uh, grocer who then sells that same stuff to a, um, a chef in a restaurant who then sells or that the stuff that he makes then prepares to, it could be the same guy that uh, originally uh, sold the manure, right? So you, you've got all these transactions happening and full value is being transacted each time. So cash doesn't take a piece of the action. Right. Yeah. Nobody's the getting the percentage. Right. Where in today's world with a huge vast majority of transactions happening electronically, there is the a private intermediary and they take anywhere between one and four percent of every transaction, which means after 12 transactions, that money is gone. The entirety of what that first person got paid has now been absorbed by the intermediary. Right. The business so, to be in is to be the intermediary. Absolutely. Having your own bank is the surest way of being a billionaire. Yeah, and because no matter what the commerce is, you're getting a piece. You're getting a piece multiple times a day, literally off of the same carrot that or, or that that manure that was ended up in a long line of transactions to being served uh, as food to on the table to the same person. Like that full value doesn't get preserved. It doesn't stay in the population. It goes all of it through transaction fees to the intermediary. So banks are evil in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a lot of pros to when it comes to being able to borrow money that you haven't yet made. And then having somebody that has enough money to loan you to be able to do that. So I'm not saying that there's no good out of banks but if you think of it in a very macro sense the the bank is just siphoning off every transaction at a time a piece of all the money in the country and eventually what you end up with is uh, banks that are too big to fail and a population that feels like there's no more middle class because everybody's poor. Well, and only poor people use cash. And you're, well, there's a reason for that because the rich folk, they get their points, baby. Yeah. And I don't know uh, when the well, last points time, are not, not the same though. No, I understand. But it's interesting because that's what convinces the person spending the cash to use a credit card. There's a few different things that are in the, well, I, why wouldn't I? One, a lot of times you'll get an extended warranty on some things. Mm -hmm. You have recourse. So if you get home and you unwrap your package and realize it inside the box wasn't what you had purchased, yeah. 
you can complain to the credit card company and you may have protection where if you paid cash, mm-hmm. not so much. Mm-hmm. But lately, mm-hmm. a lot of people use it strictly for the percentage that they're getting back and different credit cards. I mean, it's even at 1%, that adds up, just like the bank fees. When your credit card goes, hey, we'll give you 1% to 3% back. And I've seen yeah. ones yeah. that, hey, for groceries, our the American Express that we buy our groceries on is always 3%. And they were trying to get me on a, hey, well, if you go to the American Express where you pay us a couple hundred bucks a year to have the card, it's the next mm-hmm. level up. Well, then mm-hmm. you get 6% back on your groceries. And I'm like, well, I spent a lot on groceries, mm-hmm. you know, and you do the math and you figure out where that's worth it. But the reason then, if you walk <laughs> into the grocery store, why would I pay in cash when I'm getting three to 6% back on a credit card? So of course yeah. I'm using the credit card. Well, you are, but the thing you got to remember is that money doesn't come out of nothing, which right. means that you're, because you're getting 1% back, they're charging the uh, grocery they're store. Charging, they're charging literally everybody across the board an extra five, 6%. Right. So every one of your groceries is more expensive by at least 5%. But I figure screw the other guy. I'm getting the discount. But your discount is less than the increase in price that the grocery store has to put. I know, but they won't give me a cash discount, which I think is insane. But if if no, if you have a store that does not use credit cards, cash only, then which is very rare these days, yeah, then a few it, restaurants. it is generally cheaper. In fact, I remember for many years, gas stations in the U.S. had a cash discount. I think most of them don't anymore. Now they're just screwing the guys paying with cash by charging them the same fees as they would to the credit card people. But for many years, they had like a 4% discount if you pay cash. Well, there is so the, a uh, one of the pubs here started doing if you pay with a credit card. There is a British one of the pubs. Uh huh. One of the pubs. Well, it's a you know restaurant bar kind of a thing. It's not a. It's definitely not a fancy restaurant. It's not fully a bar. So it's kind of a pub. That's a mm-hmm. that's a barish place with food, isn't it? Isn't that how you would consider a pub? But they do if you do with a credit card payment. They're charging an extra 3% and a lot of people got mm-hmm. pissed off and I'm like, well, why? Because you still have the opportunity and I think they did it the wrong way. Although I don't know what the legalities are at this point. If mm-hmm. you can say you're getting a discount to pay cash because that would one frame it a lot better. People go, oh, discount. That's great. Rather than you're getting an extra fee. If you use a credit card, same thing, but the wording. Yeah makes people mad like why why should i have to pay more it's like well because do you not understand every time you pay with a credit card the credit card is charging us three percent mm-hmm. yeah and that like i've run into this before when i've had clients want to pay credit card and uh, use a card to pay i'm like well okay but i'm here's gonna charge you ten percent more yeah here's your new price and they don't like yeah that. no no they're like oh well, because then they they realize it's like, oh, well, shit, it'd be cheaper for me just to get money from the credit card and then pay him cash. Like, yeah, exactly. That's how and, it works. And frankly, if you don't have the money to pay me, then I may not want to work with you anyway. There was a guy that was a genius, and I'm surprised more people did not pull this off. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about this because I heard this story maybe three or four weeks ago. Mm. But back when the United States mint 
would sell. I don't remember if it was the gold dollars or was one of those like the presidential dollar coins. Well, they would sell them to you at cost with free shipping. So if you bought a thousand dollars worth of coins, they were a thousand dollars. There was no shipping. Mm-hmm. There was no tax. Mm-hmm. So this guy would just buy it on his credit card and then take the coins to his bank and mm-hmm. convert it back into cash. Which oh, and, he, and pay the credit card. Right. So he racked up millions of points. In, oh, that's awesome. Uh-huh. That's a good scam. I'm like, that is, oh, how did, yeah, I, why didn't I figure that one out? Mm-hmm. Guy had a lot of frequent flyer miles. That is a good, and it's not just miles. I mean, like you said, a lot of cards just give instant money back. back. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a yeah. lot to do for 1% back, but it's really no work if you're just going to the it's bank. A numbers game. Yes. Right. If your credit card has a $20,000 limit. You buy 20, and you get 20 grand worth of coins a month. Yeah. Well, no, it'd be 240. Yeah. Quarter million worth over the course of a year. And you're getting, uh, you know, at least a couple of percent back of that. That's sizable. It's like a full-time job for some people. No, it's not. Well, oh yeah. Financially. Yeah. But it would literally take you an hour a month. Yes. True. You place the order, you get the coins and your bank would Mm -hmm. hate you at some point. (laughs) Maybe. If they did, why would they hate you? I guess it depends where all those coins go. I mean, I guess it is just cash, <clears throat> but it's like that yeah. was the greatest scam ever. You could buy currency yeah. on your credit card. Well, you still can, I think, uh, at the Federal Reserve, if I remember right, or not the Federal Reserve, at the, the is it the Federal Mint? It's whoever prints money, the U.S. Mint. Uh, you can buy uncut sheets of $20. And I can't remember how many it is per sheet. It's like 20 bills a sheet or something. Um, you have to so cut like, it yourself. Yeah. You have to cut it yourself. And well, most people don't cut it. They use it as a piece of art, uh, you know, frame it, stick it on the wall, whatever. But I'm pretty sure I paid with a credit card when I got the money. It's genius. So yeah. And I, I remember, um, Steve Wozniak talking about this many years ago is that <clears throat> when he got rich off Apple, uh, one of the trolls he used to do, I think that we were used to call these things pranks, but I think now they're called trolls is, uh, to get these sheets. And then when he'd go to a restaurant or someplace and he'd be buying something, he, instead of pulling out, you know, bills from his wallet, <clears throat> he would pull out an uncut sheet and a pair of scissors and then just <laughs> cut out like a couple of $20 bills to give to the cashier. They're like, that ain't and, real. Yeah, exactly. And people are like, uh, I need to call my manager. Over. You can't <laughs> like, print your own money, sir. Yeah. 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 And you know, he's like, Oh, I got a great printer. No, this thing's awesome. Well, oh, it's totally legal tender. It's, you know, and then eventually after everybody gets all upset, the, you know, he'd explain it all or whatever, but it's, um, it is kind of neat to be able like, I can't imagine how expensive of a wallpaper it is. Do real money on your wall. Uh, that would but, add up really quick, but yeah, like you could probably get knockoff money on your wall pretty cheap compared to real money. But that's not a baller thing to do. The baller thing to do is be like, no, that's real hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guarantee you, absolutely guarantee you, there are, there are 
rooms wallpapered with real $100 bills in Vegas. That it would be the place to do it. Yeah, because it, it's not it's not that expensive, but it is that gaudy. <laughs> well, yeah, it is the town built on cash, baby. And greed. And yeah. people not understanding the odds of winning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, or more like people thinking they understand the odds of winning. True. If you just say, look, I don't understand these odds, you're probably not going to play. But if you're like, oh, I get it all figured out. I have a system. That's that's when you get in trouble. Famous final words of a gambler. I've got a system. Mm-hmm. Surefire. And I did a, a, we talked on the last show about who talks more. And I did a quick, I just went through each of our channels uh-huh. and did the silence thing down. Although that would still mean that between the silences only went down to a second. So I really the best I thought yeah. about it after I'm like, what I should do is get rid of any silence at all rather than including the pauses. But uh, mm. you came in at an yeah. hour and 20 minutes and I came in yeah. at an hour and eight minutes. And for a two-hour show, really? that just shows you how much we talk over each other. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, talking over each other, I think, is what makes it a conversation. Yeah, well, that's true. It's not because a... Because otherwise, it's a freaking monologue or bi- it's a it's a dial- dialogue. I guess it would be a dialogue. But I prefer conversation to dialogue because a dialogue is something you watch on TV or you, you go see a play, whereas conversation in real life doesn't have people patiently waiting for the others to finish their thought. It it has people that start talking while the other person is sort of finishing their thought. There's the overlap. No doubt about that. Yeah. And so. have you noticed the, uh, cause I tried the bat signal on my stream mm-hmm. deck to go out to Twitter. No mm. longer works. I don't know if something changed now because of the API or something with. Well, there's no more Twitter. It's called X. I know, but it doesn't send it to X where. Well, did they rewrite their their thing? I will have to look, see if it was up. Probably not. They needs to go to X.com now instead of going to Twitter.com. Yeah, that would make sense. I'm like, where's yeah. my bat signal? Yeah, exactly. I want my bat signal. Then I want to print up some art. Got to see what. I was trying to figure out the legalities. We talked, I think, about the the case of the Prince image that the guy made some changes to. Was that was that a yeah. Warhol thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then the Warhol people did not win that one because I've been playing around with these AI art generators, and they're very interesting for doing all sorts of different. Well, better late styles. than never, I guess. I know. Well, they're getting. To be fair, they're getting better. Mm-hmm. and the yeah te- the ones i'm interested in are the ones that do video not just images oh that i've seen a few of those i haven't started playing with those yet but the most interesting ai video things i've seen will allow you to take your video mm-hmm. and totally restylize it you know yeah. either change the background change you know the whole thing it's you walking down the street talking right so you want to post this to youtube but then you could turn the whole thing into a comic looking drawing kind of a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very weird. But we're also at the point now where the images that these systems generate are still very yeah. small, like 1024 by 1024. But these systems that will now upscale 
are getting better and better as well. So you can take a small they piece will of generate art. any size. What you and your cheap ass don't want to pay any money get is 1024 by 1024. No, I thought even the paid versions on uh, mid journey and things like that only go up to that. Again, they're cheap ass paid versions. If you have the source code, you do your own deal. You can do any size you want. Which source code do you have? I don't. Well, see, there you go. I was going to install stable diffusion this weekend because the 1.0 finally came out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that there's, yeah, if you install your own, you, you don't have that limitation. Um, but I don't know. I got into this stuff like well over a year ago. It might be pushing two years now. And it's, it was all very interesting. And, uh, there's a lot of changes happening literally week to week. But, um, the important things are, do you have the rights, the full rights to these images? And if there's any question of that, it's definitely not worth paying money for. The bottom line from what I've heard and read everywhere is that you do not have a copyright on the image, which would make sense yeah, so because it makes that's it worthless. There's they're not worthless in the sense that you can monetize it, but you don't own the copyright, which means unfortunately it can be reproduced at will would be my guess. So you can put this Uh, out there. If you create a poster now, you can't put a copyright on it. Right. It's, it's, it's sort of like, uh, like here's Photoshop, but anything you create with Photoshop, uh, has to be, open source or, or, uh, what's the, what's the CCC or whatever. What, yeah. What well, that's called? the model. Community commons. That CC. is what the Photoshop AI was trained on was things within their own, that they own the rights to. So they will not be trademark right. infringing. They said they will cover you, you know, if you mm-hmm. get hit because using mm-hmm. their, the interesting well, thing and, with and the they AI, own huge libraries so that they can afford to do that. They yes. can definitely do that without any problems um, because they've paid the licensing fees or purchased the copyrights outright for massive amounts of images for their stock libraries. So that makes there's a lot sense. of questions. Are people trying to interpret? Because if there's any part of whether it's AI text thrown out by chat GPT or AI yeah. art, if you go in and modify that, there is a point with enough modification with enough transformation that that does become copyrightable, but I don't know what that is. And I bet you most lawyers at this point don't know what that point is as far as, Hey, I take this image, the AI created it, but then I did this to the image. That's the question. What makes that unique? What makes it copyrightable? Yeah. The, the problem is, that there is no answer to that question as of it has always been subjective for hundreds of years copyright law in this country is not objective it's always subjective now the interesting thing for me when i'm like okay you can create all sorts of cool like fashion posters i'm like okay I, I, i had no idea before trying any of this stuff out that, you know, it's great that you can go in and tell the AI, oh, create a photorealistic 
photo of Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's obviously you're infringing upon somebody's likeness. That's bad. No, only if you're selling something with it. Correct. But you can't go and say, hey, well, I created this. It looks just like Taylor Swift and it's a poster, but it's not real. It's art. You're still Mm going to run in, run afoul of the. uh, the Well, no, if it's art, you don't have a problem there. You, you, are you kidding me, dude? You've got literally thousands, if not millions of artists, for lack of a better term, that are selling Elvis paintings. And Marilyn Monroe paintings and all these people have estates that could be suing people, but you can't because if you create an artistic work of a public figure, that public figure does not have the copyright to go after you. It just can't be based upon a copyrighted image, which is where the Warhol thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. If you take Uh, a photograph of somebody that another person took and then you just make it into something slightly different. Right. You're going to get nailed. Yeah, but I think all the AI is doing, and this is for me, this is the easy way to explain to people is let's say I hired a back. Well, maybe it's not even doable these days, but back in the day, let's say I hired a high school kid uh, on their summer break to uh, take and find images that I like that I want to use in something. And then go in and apply a bunch of filters in Photoshop so it doesn't look like it's that image. Right. So it's not an obvious ripoff. Like, do at least four filters per image to tweak things and make sure that, like, the size is different and that the background's different. And then after you do the four filters, just put them all in this other folder. That's basically what AI is doing. Now, the cool bit about it is it's letting you give instructions to that kid to do this stuff, not in a whole image, but by pieces of image. I want two people and I want mountains in the background and I want birds flying overhead. So find those three different images, combine them together, run them through filters and give me the final product. Yes. Make it look pretty. Well, not even do it in different, make it look different. (laughs) I mean, it's great that you can do things. Yeah. Like, hey, I want this to look like a Peter Max painting, and boom, it just yeah, exactly, Peter Max style. I had, I did a a, a photo of my ex wife back when we were married in a um, four color or for like a four panel different like the Warhol color. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was total Warhol knockoff. So I did that in Photoshop, and then I had it printed on a. Uh, like a three foot by two foot size canvas. And that was a birthday gift uh, for her. She loved it. It looked awesome, but it's, you know, like it's iconic enough that it wasn't that hard just to make in Photoshop for me. Right. Well, yeah, because it's a stamping kind of a thing. You're changing the colors and Mm -hmm. yeah, because that's all Warhol did. And then you figure out that there are actions that will do the whole thing and automate it for you. And well, now there are. Yeah. Back, back, back then, I don't think there were, but yeah, now they for sure. Now everything is spoon fed to you. And the thing that, that kind of depressed me about the AI thing was being able, and it's like, this is why for any of the brands that normally would pay the supermodels to use their image and that's why supermodels in the past have been paid millions of dollars per no, year yeah that, that that's over 
because you same can, thing with same thing with actors. Well, you can create your own. And I'm like, this is weird. Yep. Once I realized you could, mm-hmm. that you can mix people. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, Taylor Swift's hot and Adriana Lima's hot. Oh, what geez. happens if you mix the two? Uh, I know. Yes. And I'm like, holy shit, this person doesn't exist. That's depressing. You're such a perv. <laughs> but it's not. It's yeah. it's a, yeah. what would it look like? And hey, what would she look like if she's like dressed up in BDSM? No, mm. I didn't. I didn't get to that part yet. I'll have to get oh, the gene. Well, that's the next step. The yeah. gene model for the AI. Uh-huh. And it'll, it'll just spit that out. Yeah. The by default. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gene AI. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, this is because you aren't really infringing on somebody's likeness and i know that you have all sorts of different things you can do and artists and all that but you're not really infringing on somebody's likeness if you're like well let's take these three models and just mix them together and see what that comes out oh yeah that one's good let's let's use this as a new model yeah it's a blending tool for people Uh uh-huh absolutely yeah it's i i think that that is a great use of it and it should do what should have been done a long time ago, which is actors and models should never be rich. Never. Well, this what is, these they are, had while once are, was unique is now easily reproducible. Models were never rich until a photography came along. Right. When you had models for paintings, it wasn't the model that got the accolades. It was the painter. And they might have have a great looking model that they were using when they were painting. And that's why. You know, the painting looks so cool, but does anybody really remember the woman that, that, or man <laughs> that posed for Mona Lisa? Nope. They remember the guy that painted it. Well, it was once, as you said, once you were able to capture the image of somebody accurately, mm-hmm. then the physical beauty became a thing that you could monetize. Yep. And yep, exactly brands paid big money because they wanted the most attractive people. The beauty is so now- it's interesting. You're talking about this because, uh, or maybe it's not, maybe it's coincidental, but, uh, there are, I just saw a story about how there are more and more virtual, um, what do you call them? Like people with a lot of followers, uh, social media people. Yeah. But there's name influencers, influencers. Yes. There's a growing number of fully virtual video influencers, like they're computer generated, computer modeled, and not just doing it to get, you know, people following them, which I'm sure helps as well, but doing that and then selling their, the influencer service to brands. So I watched a couple of commercials that were done by these, if essentially, uh, cartoons right they're they're super photorealistic but they're essentially cartoons in the sense that they're done in a uh, well you could tell their computer they're are no not not these man looks completely like a hot chick like so why it, would you say it was cartoon just because the well i i say cartoon not because it looks cartoony but because it is a, a you know, it's like a character in a video game, right? It's it's a 3D model. Yeah, well, it looks that real. Is animated. It's an animated. It's an. I said the cartoon. I meant animated. So you can it's tell it's not a thing. physical person, but it looks damn close. No, you cannot tell at all. But the guys buying the advertising say, "Hey, we'd like we'd like this character to do this." 
and then have her be on the mountaintop and drinking the soda and then uh, have her be flying an airplane in the next scene. And like it can, you can do anything like right. stuff that a real person can't do, like standing on the moon. Right. You know? Right. Well, wait, why can't we there. do that? Because we've never been there. Oh, so, okay. you know, just all these things that, that they can do because it's animated, but it's photorealistically animated. Right. And so the end result is, uh, and this is from, I think it was from advertising age, uh, is that the clients love this. Oh yeah. And the clients being the brands, the brands are like, holy shit, this is perfect. We don't have to put up with a long time schedule. This is done fairly quickly. Uh, there is, uh, no risk of that model not being available because a models are flaky and B, you know, they're, they're more prone to, if they're doing physical activities, more prone to do something that gets them taken out of commission, blah, blah, blah. So now we can have something that has on a real guaranteed schedule looks better than any human. Uh, and although I'm sure you would, you would argue with that, but, um, it's great. It It is fulfilling a clearly a desire that exists with the brands to have somebody that, that can be a spokesman for their brand. That isn't an actual human being with all the problems of a human being. Well, yeah, you're never going to go all Jared from uh <laughs> subway. Exactly. Exactly. You, there's never going to be, I mean, I never say never because humans are still involved in this process, but, you're extremely unlikely to have this computer generated model do something that gets them in trouble. That would be true. It would be very, they're not going to be, yeah, they're, they're, they're not likely to be accused of rape by somebody or, you know, molestation or anything else. It's like, it it's a purely computer generated image that has no real, uh, interaction with anybody but also is a computer generated animation that is followed by a million people plus yes and i've no i mean again the weirdness with the ai is that with the prompts and everything that people have built into these things and the way it's been trained i did have the very weird vibe it's like when you create some of these i pulled up against some taylor swift stuff and it's like the ai taylor swift often looks better than the real Taylor Swift mm-hmm. because the AI oh, is like, well, we, yeah. we got to get rid of any imperfection, of course. Well, I think it's simpler than that. I think that the majority of Taylor Swift images are controlled, approved photos right. of her. And so the AI is biased towards those images. Whereas the quick little photo from somebody's phone when they're walking by her is a small percentage of images. So you're going to have a much more controlled, cleaner, prettier version of Taylor Swift. Right. Instead of this big kind of hulking horse-like thing that somebody might see walking down the street. Well, and how instantaneous it can do things like show me this person in like a 1950s advertisement. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just Mm -hmm. so bizarre. It does that so well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, if you're trying to create things for advertising, why wouldn't yeah. you use that instead? And if you're like, oh, you know what? I'd really like, you know, who would be the perfect spokesperson? 
You know, somebody that looked like Taylor Swift, but more exotic. So again, you go, well, okay, let's mix her with this Brazilian model here and this. Okay, uh-huh. we're good. There's the new person. I imagine like you can now create campaigns for the whole world using people that look like that local demographic. Oh, yeah. But doing the exact same activities. You're right. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. It's coming. It's huge. And I don't know if you saw uh, right now, SAG is on strike. Yes. Uh, and. Brian Cranston from uh, the Breaking um, Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Malcolm in the middle. What an idiot. (laughs) Uh, There's a clip of him ranting behind the podium talking about how actors are relevant and that they shouldn't be replaced with machines. It's like, oh my God, dude, too little, too late. Of all the, first of all, like he's enough of an actor that he would not be affected by this. What is affected and what the studios have already started doing, which totally makes sense. I'd be doing it if I was studio and uh, cause you know, it it's financially smart is instead of paying for extras that don't actually have speaking parts, just do all CGI for that. All computer generated humans on all based around AI so they're non-existent humans that you don't have to pay anything for. You're already paying the guys that do the CGI anyway for the movie. You might as well have them go the extra step and throw in an AI controlled background people. And uh, of course, everybody knows that that's a short, small, short step away from not needing actors. Well, you don't have to worry about miking them. You don't have to worry. There's so many things that the. Yeah, the computer concept is going to take care of. And again, for people like you and me that don't like to get up and, you know, get dressed and and look pretty (laughs) to do a podcast, (laughs) wouldn't it be great if you could just do that and it would all and we could be on YouTube and we'd have a show of us sitting there. And but then also that people wouldn't recognize you when they saw you out in real life because the avatar. Yes. Does not look like you, especially if you say things that piss people (laughs) off. a guy who shaves his head, got a long beard and wears tracksuits. You'd never recognize in a million years. No. I mean, people don't know. You really have a full head of hair, no beard. <laughs> Jeans, like 120 pounds of pure dynamite. Uh huh. A lot of people. I do don't remember a time when I was 120 <laughs> pounds ever period. Yeah. I'd be mean, like, like, I think I was the, born bigger than that. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, by the time I was in eighth grade, I think I was already six one. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a while. It has been a mm-hmm. while, but I like, you know, I'm not, uh, and then again, I'm not a beautiful model. So this, the AI visual things don't really bother me. I'm not a multimillion dollar actor. Mm-hmm. So these things don't bother me. The, but again, the reason that we have multi-million dollar actors is because that's the only way that it was possible to make multi-million dollar movies. And so actors having lawyers that can negotiate on their behalf and agents and whatnot, you end up with movie studios go, well, you know, if we pay them 30 million, then we could probably pocket the other 400 million. Well, it's not a bad deal. Let's do it. How much money is spent? And Mm -hmm. how many resources are spent to get the shot. The latest Mission Impossible movie. I -hmm. watched a little mini documentary thing, you know, about 20 minutes long on the one stunt that Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. did while taking the motorcycle down a really long ramp. I watched that too, dude. That was great. It was. It was fantastic. But 
with the technology getting where it is. Yeah. Soon you'll just be able to punch that into a machine. And but it'll- even even that, right? The stunt ended up in the movie, but the the CGI was everything outside of the motorcycle itself, including right. the grass, including everything was CGI. Yeah, you didn't see him going down some really big long yeah. ramp for no yeah. apparent reason. <laughs> it was just a, uh, you know, it. He did the stunt, and that's really cool. And I I like that about Tom Cruise. I think he's a crazy dude, but crazy in the in a fun good way. Yes, and, he wants uh, to do his own stuff. He's got he's got his own religion. That's cool too. But you know, like it's unnecessary. It's it's probably already unnecessary today. They could have CGI'd the whole thing, but he likes doing that kind of stuff. He likes getting the adrenaline going, and uh, he keeps the thetans off his back. You want that other little bit of realism, too, which you're still getting a little bit more of that, even with the technology we have today. But I think in five or 10 years, it's going to be the same. You're not going to be able to see a difference. Yeah. No, no. And this was all predicted in a 1980s movie called Looker, I believe. I don't remember that you know, one. I, I thought you were going up. with weird science because I'm still trying to figure out how I could just mm-hmm. type a few things in and Kelly Brock appears in my house. Uh, yeah, it was a Michael Crichton movie. It was called Looker. Um, Gene reviews movies it, he hasn't seen for 20 years. I know. It's, isn't this 81? It came out in 81. This is how good my memory is. Right? It must be all for, that B12. For useless things right for, for looker is a 1981 american science fiction film written and directed by michael Crichton, starring albert finney susan day and james coburn follows a series of mysterious deaths plaguing female models who have undergone cosmetic surgery from a renowned los angeles uh physician by the way physicians don't do plastic surgery but okay and um that's wikipedia what do you expect right. of course they're going to get it wrong but then I'm not going to click on the link, but the next sentence would say after being contracted by movie studios to create digital likenesses of themselves. So this is the bit that is a little like, Hmm, is that these actors models going to a plastic surgeon get made to look quote unquote, perfect, then get scanned by the studio in a very 1980s looking high-tech scanner. So it looks like uh, something out of like Tron. Yeah. That looks just like out of Tron. Exactly. Except not as good because the budget was smaller. And, uh, and then they die because it's cheaper to not have to pay them for their likeness. Again, this kind of misses the point that, well, yes, but their relatives would still own that. But, um, that was a cool movie. I remember enjoying it uh, in 1981. Well, it's interesting because likenesses overall, we never had the technology. So there was no reason to worry about, wow, somebody might put Marilyn Monroe back in a movie, which they have now, mm-hmm. you know, how many years after her death. And Elvis has been in a whole bunch of movies, you know, because they have the enough source material, which. Yeah. You know, again, if you're Taylor Swift, there's so much source material out there. You could be recreated whether you want to be oh, or not. You, I guaranteed there are Taylor Swift's doing shit already in uh, Chinese porn. 
Well, and it's also for the catfishing concept. Just imagine that. This is also a very interesting thing, because back in the day, if you were trying to catfish somebody, well, maybe you would go grab a photo of a real person. And then somebody, oh, is that you, what you would do? Oh, okay. You know, you go Tell and get more. a reverse image search. You know, it was always trying to figure mm-hmm. out how you could track these people down. Yeah. Now that you can create completely new characters, completely new people out of thin air. Right. That are un- untrackable. Yeah. Is, Speaking of catfishing. Yes. Oh, you want to do th- that? You want to try that with somebody? It's going to be a new part of the show. I know, right? No, that's just funny. So I have a, a buddy of mine that um, uh, got a security clearance about a year and a half ago or so. Um, and I think he got DS for his work. But he almost immediately, probably within like two months, uh, started getting... Um, messages or connection requests on LinkedIn of all places for by these very cute Chinese girls. And most of them were like saying they were in California or they were on somewhere in the West coast. Um, but you know, some of them clearly had some Chinese characters in there. Like it took no time at all for those connection requests by completely random have nothing in common clearly 20 something year old looking chinese girls he didn't you didn't want to jump on that train no i told him well this is bullshit so now <laughs> it means you know if i want this i need to get a security clearance first well that's bullshit yes. this is too much work i have a security clearance all of a sudden fang fang wants the bang bang yeah, back when I had mine, no, nobody wanted to bang bang anybody. <laughs> this like, was we don't want the, the information you've got. So sorry. clearly not. And I had some pretty cool info back in Desert Shield. You remember Desert Shield, Desert Storm? Yeah, yeah, the original, the original. Yeah, not the the crappy remake. Back when people were still behind wars. <clears throat> well, not so much, but. um but yeah, spycraft I, has gotten different. I mean, it used to be a lot more interpersonal. <laughs> now it's more just they're going to start yeah. sniffing on your IP address. Uh, they've always been sniffing on your IP address, but there you had them. I mean, you go back to before IP addresses. Well, I mean, technically, no, but there were certainly IP addresses were used a lot less back then. But do you think this I mean, we're already here, which I think is bullshit. The mm-hmm. There was a story how many school districts are suing social media saying that it's unhealthy for children, which it is, but I don't know how the uh, school districts get involved Mm -hmm. when the reality is that this is a parenting decision. Mm -hmm. You know, if parents want to let their kids be on the internet at 12 years old, that's up to them. It's the same thing. You know, it's, I think you have to be 13. Well, they say that, but you know, parents give kids much younger. Oh yeah. Just click here. It'll just say yes. Dude. I've seen parents that give their four-year-olds tablets, Uh like fully unsupervised. And you're like, are you crazy? It seems like that's, it's like dropping a kid off at the adult bookstore. Right. And then saying, Hey, now don't, don't do anything. I, I wouldn't. And that's it. People don't understand the internet is not safe for adults. It's certainly not safe for children. And thinking that there's anywhere that you could do any kind of filtering or whatnot, 
Uh-huh. It is absolutely a joke. But part of this lawsuit was the usual that, you know, girls, body image, eating disorders and all of that. Mm-hmm. With the advance of this AI, again, you could just create things that are not humanly possible, like a Taylor Swift, Adriana Lima clone. Oh, mix. Crazy. How many times are you going to mention? That's another multiple bingo card reference it is. right there right there if you can't have an episode without darren mentioning adriana lima Taylor well, Swift. less frequently but still quite often yes too Candace often. i like the adrian adrian curry more than that he liked the big eyes i don't know about big guys i just like adrian curry <laughs> um i like her personality of course she's she's got the right definitely is a chick that i like i would enjoy but you think there are issues she's old even but she's still hot but they're claiming that the you know kids are having issues now on social media because of actual photographs being shared by actual you know peers of theirs you know or adults whatever but soon it's going to be the ai and of course the ai Who's going to create a bad looking, out of shape, ugly, mm-hmm. deformed AI person? No, we're going into another phase of, oh, it's got to be perfect. Got to be beautiful. This is what you should be. As you said, when people are creating these fake influencers, there's big mm-hmm. money there. Why? Because they're perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're totally perfect. So which again, is this what is you what's want, being because people forever have been. And see, this is where I talk over you. People I know this forever happens all the time. have been using uh, image That's the beauty of the show. We could do a two-hour show Photoshop. that we if you separate both sides, two hours you could get a four-hour show. I know. It's great. It's, it's what everybody <laughs> likes. It's like, hey, do you really want four hours? Well, it's there. It's just secretly hidden for you. Right. Just separate uh, left and right and <laughs> listen to them separately. All right. Or just not listen to one of them, as some people I'm sure would love to do, that they keep talking about on Nodes and the Social. They just turn to the one side, and they're like, okay, we just get Darren in the left channel, and then, like, Gene on the uh-huh. right. And, yeah, Darren in the left, nobody in the right. Right. This is, uh-huh. this is, yeah, we're, we're, we're oh, sorry, technical difficulties. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that's exactly. not entirely true. I mean, there are some people, and I, I mean, I guess we actually have a, multiple people that have donated for the show so maybe we should do a donation segment uh before we get it right to oh, the end yeah. of the show let's let's do it i know it's a rarity for us because we are a value for value podcast we just don't have a lot of people that take us up on that well no i think we are a value for value and we know what our value is it's 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 very high and <laughs> no uh, it's it's damn near nothing it's it takes a very very specific person to get value out of the show Mm-hmm. And when we find those people, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But number one today, and let me pull this into the into the middle monitor just so I can I can read this properly. Uh, Dale from Down Under once again coming in with the mythical one hundred three forty eight donation. Mm-hmm. And I had emailed him that he just starts out with a little bit uh, because I emailed him. It was that one week, and he sent in one of these donations. And I had something going on and we had to push it. And that was one of the first times we actually rescheduled the show for a Monday or something. Or do we always do them on Monday? It gets confusing. We always do them Monday. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, shit, I had no idea. He emailed. I, I sent it and took off. I've been on holiday for a couple of weeks. I hope you've been enjoying that. He's like, I feel bad now. You didn't have to do a show. 
like, well, yeah, we do. Cause I mean, if somebody uh, supports the show, mm-hmm. Gene and I are like, wait, people are listening. We, we perk right up. You know, that's the beautiful part of the whole thing. We perk right up. It's like, wait, somebody's listening. Really? Yeah. And, wait, I have a hard time believing that, but okay. They're listening. They're listening and they like the show. There are 67 yeah. on the stream right now. Uh, there was some talk. It might've been, after. I wouldn't say that there's 67 on the stream. I would say there might be 67 streams that are currently turned on. True. But we don't know. They're being monitored listening to them. They could just be three letter agencies monitoring them. There was some talk. I don't remember if it was before or during. It wasn't, if it wasn't for the NSA, it wouldn't have any listeners right. at all. Right. We'd be like nothing at all, man. So uh, we, we love you guys at the NSA. Thanks for listening. And gals mm-hmm. don't yes. want to misgender but there was some chatting uh before maybe grumpy old bens or after or during on mm-hmm. the we were questioning whether dale from down under was actually real or if he was just a pseudonym for you that you really needed to talk to somebody so badly that mm-hmm. you were sending in the donations in order to keep the show going well i uh, that that would literally be impossible as i keep telling people to not send money so you know <laughs> yeah but see that's the we've got 20 percent inflation i don't understand why anybody would be sending money at all you're throwing them off with that see maybe things are good in australia though maybe. although i doubt it well they're upside down so maybe the money's falling out of our pockets and into theirs <laughs> this is possible could be going right through if we dig a hole it'll go right through to china that kind of a concept but it, it kind of does dale's actual note says comrades girls mm-hmm. call them pay pigs boys call them suckers idolizing mediocre pussy or simp for short after yep. a light ribbing which i appreciate sir gene handling with dignity yeah because he, he took a sh- some shots at you i think on the in the last letter he says that incident yeah. and the following events have revealed a sinister plot the banning from irc of course this being your banning from irc mm. yes not just the troll room the protocol itself yes gene has been the protocol irc somehow he's been banned Uh uh-huh second class audio channels getting him up on his day off for some smart ass prick in australia (laughs) it's clear to me that sir gene is a beautiful butterfly trapped and unable to escape the (laughs) chrysalis sir darano has constructed around him Mm mm-hmm Fly free, Sir Gene. Yeah. Stay unrelenting. That's a beautiful nice, note. Nice. Yeah. I wonder what he's trying to butter me up for. He's probably going to ask. <laughs> I'll be an ask sitting in my inbox. Yeah. Maybe hey, so uh, on your next show. Uh-huh. Or it'll just be the next letter. Hey, it'll be I, totally you know, bad. I've said this before, and it's, it's, I, I think it's been the case for a long time. As I, I think everybody, I treat everybody the same. It's like shit. So That's the demo you know, there's way. no. Yeah, there's really no, uh, uh, no, nobody should get offended at, at me trying to uh, point Troll. to them specifically because all my comments are literally spread out to pretty much everybody. But I know some people tend to um, internalize. Yeah, they, they, they think I'm talking to them specifically when I, you know, call Australia a penal colony or something. But I'm not. I'm referring to all of Australians, not not just any individual Australian. You're trying to get as many in one little a slam. As yeah, I'm can. generalizing. That's what that's what people do. You know, you generalize uh, based on historical 
facts and, and you say, well, not much has changed, has it? Especially people with podcasts. We generalize. We try to be a little bit provocative. That's what you're on the I show I leave that for. up to you. You and all your provocative photos that you're creating in your basement. And you are an agent provocateur. I'm not uh-huh. in the basement now. It's got the flooring's all torn up. Got to get new carpet put down there. Well, you're not sitting ankle deep in rotten water in the basement doing this podcast with no. live wires running everywhere. What? I should. We could have the Nick the be Rat. Good for your heart, Darren. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, it'd be very, <laughs> very uh, humid down uh-huh. there. That'd be good. Yeah. We have a new sump pump system going in on Monday morning. Well, somebody's been spending the big bucks. Yeah. Well, once you flood twice, you're like, how much is the one with the two Donate pumps? Donate people. Darren backup? needs a new uh, a new gadget to suck bat water out of his basement. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, it's like seventeen hundred bucks. Is it really? Holy shit! Yeah for the for the unit and the install. Why and the is battery. it that much? Because I remember I remember putting in a sump pump back in the eighties, and it was like one hundred and twenty bucks. The uh, the pumps themselves this is a a system that has two pumps on the same mm-hmm. unit so yep. which is i know this is overkill but the wife is like i am never carrying this shit up the stairs again mm-hmm. after the flooding thing so this is two discrete mm-hmm. pumps on the same system so if one mm-hmm. of them fails mm. the other one can kick in and there's a battery backup system which For will the run pump? the sump pump yeah for at least 24 hours so if the Holy power goes shit, out again, how big is this the battery is like a car battery oh my god but wow. this way if the power this which is what bit us twice was the power going out during a heavy rain thus the sump pump yeah. not running right so it was either that or a whole house generator which also have is, you considered maybe drilling a well well there is a well that's where the sump pump goes down into but when it rains, it, it overflows and it gets to be too much and it comes into the basement. Okay. That's just poorly designed house. Probably. But that's what everything is all up and down yeah. the, the street here. Really having the basement is kind of, well, it, I, it's nice and for certain things, but the reality is, yeah, probably better just building an extra level on higher of the house. Well, and so this is the way all houses are down in Texas. Uh, and by all, I mean, most. Um, they, nobody has basements. Like it's super, super, super rare. And if it is a basement, it's probably like a full walkout in the back, and it's only a basement in the front. But uh, I was very surprised. No at wine this. cellars. No, no wine cellars. I was very surprised at this because, you know, I grew up in a place where everybody has a basement in Minnesota. There, there's a. Uh, first of all, you have tornadoes. Right. Well, this is a basement. I was going to say, this is the one place you can go if you want to take refuge from a a tornado. The best thing you can do to avoid a tornado is is not live next to a trailer park. True. Because trailer park are, they're they're literal magnets for tornadoes. They have Uh, never figured out how to prove that, but it seems that to be true. It's statistically true. If you look at the past or tornadoes, they tend to bend towards trailer parks. And yeah. away from downtown areas. It's kind of like whoever is in charge of the tornadoes are like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like people in trailers. Well, I think it may have more to do with the construction of the, maybe there's some material utilized in, in the trailer parks that is uh, attracting tornadoes. I don't know if you would ascribe some higher power to a tornado, but yeah, you know, I think there's something to it. 
You're right. Um, it is, there, it's a rarity. I think there was one that touched down in Chicago recently, but normally tornadoes mm-hmm. and downtown Chicago, not, they don't mix. Yeah. No. Well, it's because the no. wind flow and everything else. There the was buildings. one in Fort Worth, maybe a decade ago that, that went through and actually did some damage to buildings in Fort Worth proper. Um, but it's super, super rare. Like your odds of being involved in a tornado. If you live in a condo downtown are point zero 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 whole bunch of zeros in a one so uh versus if you're living in a trailer park anywhere in the united states your odds are about one in five and you're gonna go for a ride yeah and it, <laughs> you're not gonna be in kansas anymore that's for sure no well you may i watched a video away. that was a great video of a tornado going through that was filmed by one of those security cameras it was a totally peaceful, no wind at all kind of parking lot. And then all of a sudden you can see the trees starting to go left, right in the background. And you start seeing some small debris flying by the cars. And then you see trees bending over like they shouldn't be. And a large crap flying through and some of it hitting cars. Uh, like people size things flying, not, not actual people. Let's but, hope not. Know, yes. Like, you know, three to six foot long pieces of some kind of debris, uh, flying around. And then just like it started, it was gone. The whole video was about three minutes and it was back to totally quiet. No wind at all, except that a lot of destructions came through. Interesting thing. And this makes sense if you think about it, but. Um, cars completely unaffected by tornado. Usually not. None of the cars were moved. None of the cars had anything weird going on. And this was literally throwing large debris around, which hit the cars. There's damage, but they did not get moved. And the reason it shouldn't be surprised is because cars have aerodynamic considerations, right? For gas mileage and trying to keep it on the ground, you know, the more eh, the air- less so, I mean, that's only at high speeds, but at, at, at reasonable speeds, they're, they're really built to have airflow around them, not interacting with them. So while the wind speed in a tornado is high, it's more the force than the speed itself. That is the issue is when you have a, um, you know, typical wind is you have gusts. That might, you, you might go from five mile an hour steady wind to 25 mile an hour gust in a tornado that it's all the same speed the whole way through, which is why it puts sufficient enough uh, pressure on, on the surface area to move large objects, uh, because it's not just a little bit of a gust and then it lets up again. It's continuous. And so with cars, um, well, I'm sure there have been instances of cars being moved by tornado. But for the most part, even a 180 mile an hour wind isn't going to move a car. Because my, your engine may not get the car up to 180 miles an hour. But the car t- that you buy today has better aerodynamics than race cars than Ferraris did 30 years ago. One good thing. So I've never been. Let- I've never so been in a I, tornado. I would never advise somebody to sit in a car during a tornado. 
Yeah, don't sit out and watch like, hey, this looks nice. But I would probably do exactly that. You're hoping versus it, being in a house with no basement. Well, this is true. This is your true. house? Here's some. Yeah, here's the news. Your house was not designed to be aerodynamic. No, no, it was not. Uh-uh. And so if you get enough wind. I mean, I've never been in a tornado. Our buddy John Fletcher from the Hog Story show that you did that one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never done that show, but yeah. One ahead. of those. Oh, I did. I did it once. Right. Yes, that's right. I did do it once. You're right. You didn't inhale, though. I did not inhale, and that's why I was confused the entire show. I was like, what are we talking about? Because I think we were talking about BDSM. And I kept trying to like ask them questions that were relevant and they kept not answering them and then changing topics. That's what they do. Exactly what they do. But yeah, I don't, I don't. One of those big storms that you, you know, a few weeks ago that y'all had down there in Texas, a lot of those big storms, Mm -hmm. he had a tornado. His power was out for days, but the tornado they he said was within a hundred feet of his house. I'm like, now that's, I guess that's mm-hmm. lucky to get that close and not have your house picked up and uh, and carried away. The closest I've ever been is about 500 feet. I hear the noise those things make is yeah. unlikely to be explained by anything except maybe a freight train going by it. Like, yeah, freight uh, trainy for sure, but nowhere near the noise of a lightning strike. And I was about 60 feet away from one of those. And I was standing with a camera and, and taking photos. <laughs> Well, did you get the picture? I did not. That's the part that sucked. <laughs> but then afterwards, I realized I've had a lot of moments in my life where I realized after the moments, and a lot of them had to do with cameras. I used to be really big into photography. Is um, boy, how did I make it out of there? Because so I, I, it was a rainy day, and it was uh, there was a lot of lightning in the air. So I did the most sensible thing you can imagine. I drove my car up to a big hill grabbed my metal tripod, <laughs> ran up the hill to get a beautiful photo of lightning. Get the higher ground, Gene, with the uh-huh. big metal pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, everything was metal back in, the, back in the day, including cameras and tripods. This is back in film cameras days, kids. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I got a few decent shots, never got anything that was really pretty. And then, all of a sudden, I kind of felt my hair standing on end. <laughs> And then the loudest crack you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. And after it, it, and then I like everything got dark, (laughs) not because I was hit, but because the flash that was literally feet away from me uh, is like, realistically, it was probably a hundred feet, but it looked like it was about 10 feet away. Uh, but it was so bright that my irises, you know, went into day mode. Right. And it was the middle of the night. And so now I'm like, fuck, what, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So I, I grabbed my, uh, uh, grabbed my stuff, ran back down the hill, threw it in the car. I were driving and there was a huge puddle, uh, on the exit from the parking lot. That was probably about a foot and a half deep. And I just decided to fuck it. I'm just going to floor it, floored it through there. And just as I came out of the puddle, my engine died. And, and I was like, oh, this is perfect day. So I pushed the car up, turned over the engine a whole bunch of times. And finally it caught, but it didn't sound good. 
and I, I drove it back home barely. And, uh, so that day, not only did I almost get hit by lightning, but I also blew a head gasket. Oh, nice. Because the back pressure from being uh, the exhaust being underwater. Yeah. That's not good. Caused uh, a little too much pressure in the head gasket blew. That's a, a uh, gasket inside the engine. For those of you that have no clue how cars work. Uh, just that, get in and drive. That's all I, I know. know. Right. It's like, it, it just has a battery. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. Um, so then I had a buddy of mine, uh, next weekend come over and help replace the head gasket on that engine. So I, I was like, I know my way around cars, but I also don't enjoy tinkering with cars. So if I can pay somebody to do it for me, I tend to do that more often. It's like everything else. I mean, you like, you don't really, you know, you could cook, <laughs> but you. you could pay somebody else Fuck to do that. You. <laughs> you could work on your car. You can pay somebody to do that. You can jerk off. You can pay them. Mm-hmm. I guess you could. That, well, you could. You could pay somebody yeah, definitely to do could. That. But I know yeah. the sound of the lightning. I'm sure this is the closest I've ever been to a lightning strike was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Was sitting in class, storm coming through, and right outside of the window, I was on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And right outside of the window, there were a bunch of temporary classrooms which were pretty much permanent but they were trailers so mm-hmm. we had the trailers there so the roof of the trailer was about the same level obviously as the floor that i was on mm-hmm. and it was the noise the noise hit and it was the loudest thing yeah had ever heard multiple yep. windows in the classroom shattered due to the noise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we all get up and we look out and obviously the lightning had hit the roof, you know, it hit, it hit this trailer because the whole top of this thing, and the, it was still raining fairly hard, mm-hmm. was just steaming like a sauna. Yep. It was like, holy crap. That was intense. Yeah. I'm hoping, it, it I don't think anybody really was in cool. the trailer at the time. Yeah. And I've seen some slow motion videos of lightning strikes. They, they're so beautiful, man. They look so cool. So uh, deadly. The, well, yes, deadly for sure, but they're they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's just it, it's a uh it is a rare event that I think everybody should appreciate when they have an opportunity to be near one. As long as you stay safe, obviously, you know, don't do what I did. Right. Do not go outside with a golf club, wave it uh-uh. around. Yeah. You want to have full rubber shoes. You want to be inside. You want to be on the ground. Yeah. Do you want to have full melted feet? Is that Uh, the goal here? uh Because that's going to happen. Well, now are you mad that the AIs could just reproduce the photographs that make it look like you got the shot? That's great. That means everybody can get the shots they want. I'm all for that. I think I've always been very pro technology. Um, When we moved to digital cameras from film cameras, I was right there, right from the get go. You know, I remember the crappy ass resolution we had on digital, but I was oh, yeah. very, still very much a a big fan of digital. Yeah, when, I digital, that, when digital hit, it was yeah. not even close to what you could get out of a film camera. Oh, no, no. Now no, I think no, it's I think near. it surpassed it. I mean, a lot of people will argue it, yeah. but well, they're they're not very they don't understand how film works then. Yes, uh, the beautiful even thing. slide film, which was typically really high res and, and for color. And then 
black and white was the highest res, but uh, it was, we're well beyond that point with digital now. We're, we're at the point where we're, we're really pushing our eyeballs. Like we're at a point digitally now at over a hundred megapixels where uh, arguably most people can't see that well with their eyeballs. I know. Even I when they're kids. Yeah. Which is when you have your best vision is when you're a kid. Well, the interesting thing is there are now dedicated programs and things like within Photoshop, which will take the digital photographs and make it look like analog. There's mm-hmm. so it's like you're getting enough data where you can now just go, okay, well, let's, we, if we do this kind of processing, this will look like it's it sad used to. to me because you're deteriorating the quality. Yeah, well, exactly. But you're doing it to get a certain look. You know, yeah. again, there is something to be said for oh, oh. that completely 100% crisp, clear photograph. But yeah. I love the look of saying, well, put this person in a 1950s ad. Sure, sure. And there is that it's that certain look that you're going for. So, yes, it's not perfect, but it is a yeah. recreation of the way things used to look. I mean, Polaroids. Let's remember Polaroids, kids. The oh, look horrible. On, I know. But that's how people remember them fondly. That was the original. Like you didn't have to look really good because a Polaroid was going to just smooth out that acne. You know, it, you had nothing to worry about because the detail wasn't there. And that was one of the biggest things when HDTV came out that nobody had oh, yeah. really thought about was all of like the newscasters at all these small little stations across the country who were like, Oh, I look like crap now. Yeah. We're not meant to be seen in HD. Gina and I are not meant to be seen in HD. I look just fine in HD. I've been on plenty of times in HD, but the, uh, the thing, the thing with HD is, uh, obviously you see a lot more of the, imperfections and the variances uh but you also do in real life i mean that's the thing is like you're used to if you're if you're not a uh an incel you're used to looking at other people up close so hd looks more like that whereas pre-hd video looked artificially plasticky smooth there was a reason why everybody preferred it yeah this is also <clears throat> and you could like with uh nobody preferred it actually but, it was that glow uh, it was that glowiness of those uh it was a pound of makeup too that's the <laughs> other thing that was horrible and i've never liked it i i hate i hate makeup when i was doing uh photo shoots with models i always had uh my own stylist working on there because she knew that i wanted really light makeup just stick to the basics get the eyebrows and eyelashes and, and, uh, you know, a little bit of gloss and lips, but just keep it super simple. I don't want to take a photo of a slathering of makeup. I want to take a photo of the person behind that. Yeah. And then you could go into Photoshop and fix whatever you need to fix. Yeah. Which I, you know, that's the other thing that was also a, a difference. And I think I talked about this on, Either on our show or my other show. I can't remember anymore. But um Well, you don't even do the other one anymore. You've kind of given up on that. No, no, no. The other other one. The oh, other the one good old boys. Every week. The good old boys, yeah. But one man, it was probably this show. But I was I mentioned that uh back in the day after digital was out and after people were doing a lot of tweaking in Photoshop, a bunch of us, uh, and I'm I was part of that group at 
put together a group called Through the Lens. Right. Yeah, it was on here. You talked about that. Okay, good. Yeah, well, then it's the same thing. So the point is, uh, the real skill, in my opinion, is getting what you're trying to create as an artist to be what comes out of your camera. Because well, now though people are getting paid the big bucks to get that out of an AI and all they're doing is creating yeah. prompts and it's sad. And that's fine. No, that's perfectly fine. I'm not against that at all. Is that another, you, you, you will look at that as a viable form of artistic expression. Absolutely. It is, it is literally how, how, and, and frankly, dude, it might save the English language because texting has True. fucked up the English language. True. And if it, if the, if it requires you to be more articulate and use more descriptive language and know the meaning of more adverbs and uh, adjectives in order to create beautiful art, well then great. I'm all for it. That, you know what? I, that is blowing my mind. I had not thought of that aspect of the digital art, which is you have to be fairly articulate. You have to know how to spell. You have to know what words mean. Yeah. Your vocabulary has to be large in order to create good AR. It's very interesting looking at the prompts that people use for certain things and understanding how the machine interprets them, although it's changing still day by day. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get it to the point to where it's more where you could just use conversational terms rather than having to you know, have a list and a certain you know, order and all of that. But mm-hmm. it is interesting. You're right. You need to know what yeah. words mean. Cotton gin says, what's an adjective. You see, this is what it's come to <laughs> in this world. It's like, people are uh-huh. like words. I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, well, I, the, the, the tongue in cheek answer is it's a word you should never use uh, when you're, right. you're writing. Right. Well, but, at least that's what uh, <laughs> Grammarly and every other thing tells you. Uh-huh. Like, you're using Absolutely. too many. Do not adjectives. use adjectives. But when you're when you're trying to create a description of something that doesn't exist, uh, adjectives are very helpful. Yeah, that's where the machine gets to pick out what it knows, and uh, it is interesting stuff. I know I'm getting into it a lot later than most, but it is still. Uh, well, you are a late bloomer. Yeah. It's like, I really had no reason to mess around with it. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do with this? But the more you look into the deep fakes and you see the videos and stuff of Donald Trump falling down like Joe Biden. And you're like, well, how is this being done? Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. I want to know the secret sauce. I want to know what's normal. You know, what is able to be done? I don't know if there's ever going to be a way to recognize it besides just having a good bullshit. Yeah, meter. four fingers. Uh huh. Yeah, that's yeah. The model with eighteen fingers that is getting better (laughs) and better, and I think we're getting close. You know, I think the reason for that is pretty simple: is that in photos and images, people always hold their hands together. You can't ever see the number of fingers people have in images. Well, and what they're not distorted, but most people aren't holding up five distinct separate fingers on their hands in photos because you're you're kind of told where to put your hands if you're working with professionals or what you know what to do and if you're not told they're going to be by your side flat right where you're not going to see all the fingers right so if you have a program that is looked at literally millions of images and it looks like in most of those images if you didn't know better most people have two or three fingers 
Correct. And when they're even when their hands aren't together, your fingers bend in an almost infinite number of ways where right. yeah. that's what confuses it. Cause it's like, well, yeah. you don't know if it's the aspect you're looking at or if it's the angle or what it yeah. is. So I would think like it, that it, there has to be a way to do some kind of self-correction, which is like, this is the average human. They have five, you know, four fingers and a thumb. Here's how it usually looks. But it's not, but it's not at that level. So there there's right now, and you know, somebody correct me if I'm wrong here on this, but to my understanding, none of the current AI programs actually map the uh the um what what the, yes, what yes. the hell is the word I'm thinking of? It's uh, the basically to the the human body, like the they they're not mapping those images, like the that wasn't a part of the training is to look at the images and then map onto a three D model right. representing all the features of a human body what you see in that photo because if you were i mean that that is kind of a it, to some extent that'll need to be done to do full motion video with just looking at flat images and, and there are converting some, them to full motion there are some smaller models of course they're not the yeah. the massive ones but there are ones that are very specific to you know a human but those uh, those models generally don't include fingers they include they're very simplistic they typically include hips uh, knees, a, a bendy spine, and then, uh, you know, your shoulders and elbows and wrists. Everybody needs a bendy spine. They don't involve the individual joints in the fingers. I've never seen a model like that. So it's, um, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's like, it's all coming. Like if it doesn't exist, it's not because it can't be it, it's because it hasn't yet we do have a few more people to thank i mean this is a long donation segment well but, I, I i've stretched it out i think a little bit but thanks to dale again who says fly free sir gene and mm-hmm. you should uh surly mofo who came in he's in the troll room right now trollroom.io but he came in right at the end of the last show with 25 dollars. says never relent and we thank you for your courage certainly mofo now this one i was doubly confused because Mm. i got and i I liked it because i got a 25 dollar donation for unrelenting from this person and a 25 dollar donation to grumpy old ben's yeah Mm. this is from jay codicini and the note here says bring back agreeing old ben's with sir bemrose and sir gene (laughs) and it was a very similar note that was sent, old yeah that was sent you guys maybe want to start that show that was sent over to, to the other show and i'm like well this is great jay i love this because mm-hmm. when you Less send it for you right it's like he so he <laughs> sent in 50 bucks 1250 uh-huh. for you 1250 for bemrose and 25 mm-hmm. for me the guy who did nothing but what the <laughs> yeah, exactly the, upload the show i think this is a great system hold on <laughs> yes it sounds like you're a hollywood producer now <laughs> i say hey, i'd like that gig that's a pretty good gig uh-huh. I'm the producer uh-huh. of agreeing old Ben's available on the yeah. Darren O'Neill <laughs> network of podcasts. It sure sounds like it. Yeah. Maybe that's the uh, exit strategy, produce other shows. But as Ryan pointed oh. out during grumpy old Ben's, he's like, well, Gene didn't even put the audio together. He just sent you our two sides and said, post it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Well, why would I put it together if you want to? I assumed you were going to put it through filters and shit. Yeah, I did the magic. You've got both my filter and his filter. Yeah. Well, I just put him through my filter because I was kind of bored that day and <laughs> decided to see how the. And his mic is a little. I don't get it because you have the same mic, but he comes through cleaner. And I don't know if that's a, maybe it's a, he. Well, he does use a channel strip, so he's probably got a little EQing going on uh, mm-hmm. pre the clean feed. But uh, that was remember Dale's uh, comment. That was one of the last ones that he he thought you're you kind of sounded like the little simp boy in the uh, in the audio. And you're getting better. We got you a little mm-hmm. EQ today. You should sound better. Everybody can let us know. Does Gene sound better today? Yeah. And and if you don't want to listen to what Gene sounds like in the on purpose crappy sounding way that Darren makes me sound, listen to just two good old boys podcast where. Yeah, tell Darren me where Gene it. sounds better. Which show he sounds better on? Would love to hear yeah, that. Do that. Bemrose also says that he does not eat sushi directly into his microphone, so that could be causing a sound <laughs> difference. This is true. We have to look what, at every. What good is the microphone big ball on the front if it's not in order it's, to keep the sushi out of it? It's not a sushi catcher. It's a sushi filter. That's why you have to change those every now and I then. I do. I buy a new one every six months. That makes sense. Makes sense. Do you not? I have not been using the big ball on the RE20. I'm using the included one here on the on the Shure, which is the little boy. Mm-hmm. And I had I bought another one of the the thin ones from the Shure because for a while I couldn't find uh-huh. mine because I put the big ball on it, and then I couldn't find the thin one again. So I just ordered mm-hmm. one, but now I found it. So now I got two. But mm-hmm. I try not to eat sushi while podcasting. Sir Truck Driver came in with 565. I think that's a monthly, and we appreciate that. And then we have a couple of boostergrams. One just came in during the show from C Brooklyn 112, who I think was also over there in the in the troll room. Hmm. Who says, I'm boosting early because I can't stay late, which makes sense. You boost when you can. We appreciate that. 10,000 Satoshis. And then our buddy CSB. He came in with 8,015 Satoshis and just says, visit www.csb.lol. Which is Polish, and I know I don't speak Polish. You are Polish. But I don't speak Polish. I barely speak English. (laughs) I guess I have to look that up. I'm sure that's. The beauty now of all these things is that you can just punch that into a and website that's, uh, somewhere Kurwa with a K. Yeah. K U R W A. And then M A C with the emphasis on the C. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think Kurwa is slut or whore. I don't know. It was thank you. Is. I believe is what it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Digiguru says that might be because Darano has no engineering real technology background. Sir Gene and Sir Bemrose have those skills. Do they? Do they really? They do. Do they? Mm-hmm. Do we see any proof of this? <laughs> Are either one of you gainfully employed at the moment? Hey, hey, that is proof right there. <laughs> That's not proof at all. That's total proof right there. It is not proof. I learned HTML, baby. That was a language. Yeah, that's not a language. I no, learned, it is a language. I learned basic back in 1982, was it? Maybe 82. That sounds about mm-hmm. right. I learned uh I learned Perl and Python and uh I mean I wouldn't 
say I'm proficient never at used this any point. Of this, did you though? No. I mean, I, I actually took so. class in COBOL in high school. So, I mean, there's. Wow. I know. Oh, in high school even. Yeah. Well, see, in That's high school. Fancy. They didn't have COBOL in my high school. It was. Uh, well, they didn't in mine either. But the mm. class that was required, you know, they had their whole. And I think it was all Macintosh back then in the computer uh, lab at beautiful brother rice high school was they had a class in basic, but I had already taken basic. I had already, I was pro so base, basically basic. You were when, so basic. You already you were, you couldn't do basic anymore. Yeah. When it came down to like, well, you have to do this. I talked to the, you know, the brother that was yeah. teaching the uh, mm-hmm. class. And that means he was a, uh, you know, a religious man, not a, not a brother, brother and uh, he's a black dude right we had some black dudes but not this brother this brother no, was this, not a brother brother so he just spoke like one no he was an old white guy oh but well, why like, are you calling him brother are you related to him no because he was a brother a christian brother he was a brother in christ yes christian brother is that a thing yes it's a thing and i'm Sounds like well fishing. i've already taken this so he just there was two guys in the class that we had the knowledge and he just gave us a test like on day one and then was just like, yeah, here, go learn this. And you guys can do whatever you want during <laughs> class. So we would sit there and most of the time we were playing games and doing shit. We would just sit on computers that were not facing the uh, nice. Uh huh. But it's like, well, you already passed. You got an A in the class because you already know everything he's going to teach for the for the basic stuff. And that was where mm-hmm. it's like, well, here, Cobol, here's a book. Uh, and then uh, it wasn't it had to be Pearl. So it had to be Pearl, I think, in COBOL back then. Uh, Pearl. How old is Pearl? It's not that old, is it? I think so. Hmm. The Pearl programming language. COBOL was around forever. When did Pearl exist? It first appeared in 1987. So this, you know, was probably yeah, right about so at the beginning. Have done it well, that in was in 87. So unless it was like oh. the guy was right on top of the. Uh, yeah, that seems a little would have been quick so maybe it wasn't pearl maybe it was i remember the first time i used pearl was probably in 1990 when did that well see python didn't appear either i thought it was one of the p languages maybe i'm just uh, totally confused (laughs) yeah digiguru says can you wire up a digital electronic circuit well bemrose can't so i mean i i totally can't well i i used to be able to well, let's find out. On the yeah, next- that is one of the things I took in high school was electronics. You blow anything up? Oh, lots of stuff. Capacitors mostly, but it was, it was great. Uh, kind of like you said, you could do anything. So the, uh, the guy that taught that class, I fixed his computer for him. And so I basically could just do anything in that class. I had an open, you know, fuck around pass. So that class, I remember I'd usually bring a six pack uh, of uh, cold soda with me. Was it balls at the time? Were you drinking some balls? Uh, no, it was not balls. It would, it, if it would have been anything, it would have been Jolt. But ah, no, Jolt okay. was hard to find. So I was just drinking Coke. And um, uh, I was the, okay, you're going to find this amazingly hard to believe. I was the only kid in high school, in my high school. To have a laptop. Damn. You were mm-hmm. entitled. I was uh, not wasn't entitled. I was nerdy, I would say. But this was in the day where laptops were, you know, like 10 pounds. And um, 
the battery lasted a good 30 minutes. But yeah, the good old days. Uh, you had to be plugged in. Yeah, I had I had my own laptop and uh it was uh it's pretty cool. No, it was fun. I I like electronics. I just um I was originally well both my parents are electronics engineers, so I was supposed to become one of those. But then but you went down a wayward path. I did, I did. Um little thing called philosophy got in the way. That's a lifelong and pursuit there. After I took that first philosophy class and aced it, I was like, holy shit. You mean they have a class where bullshitting is actually <laughs> something you get graded on? Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I remember Fuck engineering, a, man. I'm doing this shit instead. I remember getting a good grade for handing in a blank paper in uh, one, one of those classes in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it all depends. You have to understand the. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have to understand the assignment. Uh, CSB says it's Corva, Corva, mm-hmm. Corva Mach, which is what that allegedly sounds like. And I'll, I'll practice mm-hmm. CSB. I'll practice my Polish okay. accent. Or he could just send a clip that we could play. Darren, why you talk to Russian apologists? Uh, oh, look at that. He already got a clip. Corva Mach, why you not listen to me? I tell oh, and, you, in Darren. That, in that same voice, say, if, if you support Russia, you're going to hell. If you support Russia, you're going to hell. Darren, you go to hell. That's a clip right there. Right there. It could be Mm -hmm. just a cold opener, right? It's beautiful. I think that is a great cold opener right there. Haven't heard better in a long, long time. Except Larry over on uh, the other show I do called Planet Rage. Yeah. Where the cold subsonic show was, uh, it was, well, when you, if you're going to say this in the show, I'm going to pull it as an ISO, except now I'm not going to use it as an ISO in this show because then it would be repetitive. But Larry's, uh, he was like, ah, that's just a dick in the ass. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's the way I want to start the show. I mean, not oh, actually is that what that feels like, Larry, <laughs> please tell us more. <laughs> yes. Please explain. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's uh, you never know what you're going to hear on your favorite podcast. If you enjoy them though, we uh, appreciate when you support them, including everybody today from CSB to see Brooklyn to sir truck driver, Jake Codicini, certainly mofo. And of course, Dale from the wonderful land down under. If you want to be a supporter of the show, just go over to unrelenting.show slash donate. All of the information is there. And at, at some point, Gene and I'll have to have a big pizza party slash steak thing here in Chicago. And then yeah, I'll it have started to pay off you. as a steak, but it, by the time it happens, it might be a macaroni and cheese dinner. Yeah. It all depends what it'll pay for. I have to go through. I'm going to try this weekend to do the accounting on the, the podcast i don't like to do that every few months and because now that dale's been donating there's there's money that needs to go to you yeah he might be getting damn close to hitting the magic number i know which is unfortunate 33 million taxes that's the magic number it's three million dollars yes one million dollars i mean i've got a million satoshis but that's not quite the same thing dollars are preferred satoshis well i've got rubles i've got a million rubles oh well you bought those when the russian currency when they were worth half as much i talked about this the other day too i think on Uh planet rage but i was on the bike because you know i'm trying to get healthy and one of the things that it spit out at me dude if you if you end up dying of a heart attack while you're biking that's ironic i'm i'm gonna laugh my ass off i'm just telling you right now like i told you it was gonna happen you (laughs) son of a bitch and one of the YouTube videos that it spit out at me was a dude 
in Russia mm-hmm. who was walking through the largest mall in Moscow, which I believe is the largest mall in Mother Russia. Mm-hmm. And my God, things look good. Yeah, I I wouldn't know, but every video I've watched, uh, their stores look better than ours. The mall is filled, which is not what you get here. There's most of the uh, anchor stores are gone here. Mm-hmm. They're desperate for people to come in and put pickleball courts in or something. Uh. And the the whole commercialism is dying where in Russia, a few things I noticed. One, uh, the mall was filled. There was a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people shopping. The stores that he was pointing out that, well, this used to be a Starbucks. Well, now it's just stars. This used mm-hmm. to be KFC. Now it's this. This used to be. And they're just short. Now the it's names. just FC. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's the same stuff. It's the same yeah. merchandise. It's yeah. just got a different name. Yep. And the thing that I took from this, because I watched the whole 25 minutes or whatever this mm. dude walking through. There are very few obese people in Russia. Oh, yeah. No, they they all shipped out to the U.S. And the women. Damn, I Russia seems like the place you want to go. If you're <laughs> looking for women, the yeah. mall in Moscow. Uh-huh. Highly recommended. <laughs> highly well, recommended. Be- yeah. Like two years ago, I would have said Ukraine because Ukrainian chicks are really hot. I've dated a few of them. And um, fact, you know, I need to. I need to figure out what one of them is. Um, I had a dream about her. But, um, yeah, it's, there are way fewer fat people in Russia. It's not like they're, they don't exist, but they, there's very few of them. Well, much like in Europe in general, there's a lot fewer fewer here when we were growing up. There were a lot fewer. No, you're absolutely right. And what changed? Because we were talking about this and it's like, well, we had McDonald's then we had KFC, we had fast food. So what has changed? I think, I think a few things. One is. While I maybe ate at McDonald's when I had a job at McDonald's, when I worked there, when I was 14 years old, um, I don't think that people really ate at McDonald's every day the way that a lot of people eat at McDonald's every day now. Or no, and you're or right. That was a, it was a special thing. If you were lucky, if well, it was, was a once, once in a, a while, oh, once we don't feel like cooking. Let's just stop by McDonald's, grab some food, you know. Um, or you might stop at McDonald's, but the only thing you're going to have is the ice cream. Get a twist cone. Yeah. If the ice cream machine's else. working. It, well, it, they used to, they never broke down back when I was working there. Like we never had issues with well, you machine. were on top of the ice cream. You knew you wanted to keep that thing going. You were, you were testing it like every five minutes, take it a little bit out <laughs> uh-huh. just to make sure the quality was no. where it should be. No, no, no. they just work. That stuff worked. Um, the machine's been around forever. I, my, one of my friends uh, worked at a, uh, oh, in fact, here, I'll, I'll let this slip. Um, so, Uh-oh. you know, the wallets, you know, my, my involvement with the wallets, the metal wallets. I've talked about those before. I don't know if you have, uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure I have. Well, people that know me have all seen the metal wallet. So I've got a metal wallet and I was one of the, in fact, I was I think the first investor in the company that made them. And, um, that company was started by a buddy of mine that I knew back from like when I was a teenager, you worked at McDonald's together. Oh, he, he worked at a yogurt place 
And so I used to stop by there and he'd give me free yogurt. Well, now I understand why you were friends. <laughs> Gene's like, was, I really love the yogurt. It's a It was a mutual relationship. I worked at a pizza play. I worked at Domino's and then he'd get free pizzas. But so you um, get together after your shifts with a bag of pizza. And yeah, a bag I'd of- trade, I'll trade <laughs> some frozen yogurt for some pizza. Nice. Um, now it, we were, and the way that our, I, to the best of my recollection now, this is like 80 years ago, but uh, the way our, our friendship started was in, in an argument around Star Trek. <laughs> As they will often do. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the, obviously the original 1960s Star Trek. You don't even know what the Kobayashi Maru is, you fool. Now, how, how do you not even know the Kobayashi Maru? I, I've, I've <laughs> solved that multiple times. You got to cheat. That's right. Cheating is a valid means of, and, and there are plenty of games today, like Eve Online, for example, is a game that takes to heart the concept that cheating is a legitimate part of gameplay. As well, it should be. If you, it's a loophole. If you could, that's why NASCAR used to be great mm-hmm. when it was get away with whatever you can stay within the rules, but bend yep. them. Yep. Bend Absolutely. them big time. It said not to break the rules. Didn't say anything about bending the rules. Exactly. You stay in that little window, mm-hmm. which uh, you, there's at least a question. Is this legal or not? And now you can check off the other bingo box for talking about video games, video games. Oh, that's always the favorite one. Uh-huh. Where can we buy some spaceships from Gene? That's the question I get all the time. That's Just right. walking down the street, people run into me and they're like, hey. Well, you should put that link right into the podcast. I've sent you that before. It's, it's in every show we've spaceships. done for a long Perfect. time. Awesome. Well, I don't listen to it, so I wouldn't know. I know. But yeah, well, you're banned. Great. You're banned from the unrelenting.show website. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. The, now, now I've done it. <laughs> the bands keep on continuing. They're growing. Yes, it's funny how it's the same person issuing all the bands every time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nothing to see here. But it's exactly. like, if you want to go and you want to have a nice shopping experience, Moscow is the place to go. This mall oh, had like a you're, force. You're going to get a nasty, nasty message from CSB. About I, hate, I don't think he hates the Russian. Promoting people. Russia. This was like, it was like a four story aquarium, He's like a round Polish, aquarium. Of course he hates the Russian people. That's how it works. I don't know. You don't be hated. Don't be hateful. Everybody love each other. Mm-hmm. Peace, love, and understanding. What's so funny about that? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. You got anything else? Uh, any any teasers for what's coming up for the rest of this uh, weekend here going into next week? No, I'm just going to play some video games. Um, playing a lot of really dangerous. Have you, uh, have you ordered all your I'm- food? Uh, I need to do that right now. I'm actually almost out of tea. I only have two jars of tea left. I have uh, started buying some of the, uh, I mean, it's the, like just flavored tea. So it's not a black tea mm. or green tea. It's mm. literally like a uh, peach. Um, but this is like watermelon. There's like a watermelon. Oh That's not even tea. And then there's like a strawberry. What I do is I throw one of these bags Ugh. into the, quart whatever the container is that i throw the five pg tips black tea mm. bags into i throw one of these in and you get a very delightful flavored tea without having to worry about it why don't you just enjoy the flavor of the tea i like it but my wife hates the taste of iced tea so there's that well, she can make her own tea then do you want to get, get your own damn container yeah exactly why you got to be what? fancy why a do you want flavor is, 
A quart is barely enough for you. I know. In a day, I could go through that easily. I go through. So I I consume on average about a gallon of tea a day. It explains how you can stay up all night playing I mean, those video generally, games. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's usually about four liters. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't stay up all night, but I sent occasionally will stay up late for sure. Explains um, why your dating life is in such disarray. Yeah. I mean, my dating life currently is non-existent, so that's, I, I don't know about disarray. It's just not there. If anybody wants to date Gene. He has no security clearance, though. Let's just be clear. That's right. No security clearance. <laughs> hence, I'm not getting all the hot Asian chicks. Ah, dare to dream. Mm-hmm.